As much as people depend on us as leaders, you need someone who believes in you. You need a place to be open and honest with someone who's walked in your shoes and wants to help you become the leader you are meant to be. This is that place with those kind of people. Welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast with your host, Randy Bazette. Each episode will sit down and engage in life-giving conversation, unpacking leadership's greatest challenges. And now, your host, Randy Bazette. I'm glad you've decided to check out the Relational Leader Podcast. Whether you're a lead pastor or just a volunteer leader or staff person in your church, we all go through so many things in ministry and we have to make so many decisions and deal with so many things that a lot of times we're unsure of what to do. So I wanted to have a place where we could sit together and have conversations about real topics, real things that we're dealing with, and could glean and grow and get some wisdom from those things. And I think if we do that, then we can all be better if we're learning through this together. So that's the heart of this podcast. I pray that you learn something today, that you grow, and you become better in who you are as a person and as a leader. And I pray today that this podcast blesses you. Welcome to the newest episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. I'm Kristen, and as always, here with Randy. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Good to see you. Good to be back here again for another episode. I know it's gonna be. This is gonna be a fun one. This one is gonna be a lot of fun. Sometimes we're, we're you know covering some pretty serious topics and we're digging into some things. This one's gonna be very encouraging and a lot of fun. Yes. Hold on to your seatbelt today. Yes. So wherever you're listening from, we're so glad that you joined us and get ready because we have a very special guest, um, a, a great friend of Bayside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I have gotten to know him and his family, and it is Mr. Nick. Linda, welcome. Thanks for having me. We're so glad that you're here. It truly is such an honor. Um, all of our listeners, you have heard the name Nick Walinda. I am sure it is I synonymous so. with, with death-defying stunts and tricks. I mean, I know our family watches these things that you do like on the edge of our seats. No. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? But for you, it's just like another day. It's life. My great-grandfather said life is on the wire. Everything else is just waiting. So for me it's just life <laughs> and it's not just you it's your wife and i mean your That's whole right. family this is generations um it is. that has made up who you are yeah you're right so my family started performing back in the 1780s believe it or not over in bohemia eventually Goodness. making their way to europe and germany and coming to the united states in 1928 to headline on ringling brothers barnum and bailey circus so we've been doing it for quite a while well it, it, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. yes you have and it is such an honor that you are here with us and we're looking forward to talking about a lot i know randy you you've gotten to know nick mm-hmm. over the years and just a great relationship that's blessed you and and this church as well. Well, yes. I mean, I knew Nick like like all of you guys watching him on TV and how scary that was. She's <laughs> just praying for him. Like, like just, oh Jesus, my gosh. No yes. So like just freaking out. And my wife, Amy, you know, the whole family watches. <laughs> Not Amy. She watches with her eyes closed, you know, peeking through every now and then. And uh, so that that's how I, I knew Nick. But it was through that. I found out you actually uh, attend church at, at Bayside, That's and right. uh, I was watching you before I knew that you started in uh, coming to church here, 
And uh, so then I prayed even harder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anybody to follow my wife. You know? <laughs> One way to look at it, I guess. Oh, man, let me tell you, my prayer life went to a whole nother level. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah, I know what you did now. Yeah, you <laughs> roped me in. That's right. That's right. Oh, well, you you have been such a blessing to so many um, around the country and the world just with the ministry that really God has called you to, which is just a, a way of living, you and your family. And you were starting to talk. It's seven generations. How many generations? That's right. Seven generations and over 200 years. So the interesting thing is my wife's family has over 100 years of circus background as well. Goodness. So between the two of us, our children actually have 22 generations of circus blood in their DNA. Oh, and you've got three amazing children. We do. We're very blessed. We have a 22-year-old that is currently serving our country as a U.S. Marine. Yeah, come a, on, everybody. Take a moment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're and, so, uh, so thankful so for, proud. Our, for our armed forces. Absolutely. And I have a 19-year-old that is serving our country in the Army. There you go. And, uh, and then I have a beautiful 17-year-old daughter who is a senior at, uh, at a local Christian school, and she's getting ready to go off to Southeastern University to become wow. a nurse. Wow. You're just a little bit proud. I couldn't be more proud of oh, yeah. you. You've raised some incredible kids. You really have. They, they love the Lord. They love their family. They're very... They're very secure in who they are. You know, kids these days, a lot of kids are unsure about who they are and what they should do and their place in this world. But you yeah. guys have done an incredible job. Mm-hmm. You can always see God. the fruit of a family from the, the way mm-hmm. the kids grow up and become adults. God is God is just always so good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember being a child going through youth group and struggling with the fact of what my calling was in life. And, mm-hmm. and it was something that the youth pastor at the time really stressed is you have to find your calling. And it, and it was a major pressure on me. And, and I believe, to be honest with you, I was sort of misled down a direction that my calling was, was something specific. Well, it is specific. It's to lead others to Christ. It's to use the platform God has given me to lead others to That's Christ. That's kind of a yeah. everybody. Has that That's, purpose, that right? is correct, yeah. and I believe that is our calling. Absolutely, uh, and then good. God places these desires in our hearts that we pursue. So I really encourage our children as they grow up. You know, people say, you know, two hundred years in your family history, twenty-two generations. Your kids must be uh, carrying on the legacy. And in fact, none of them have any desire to, although they're all incredible on the wire, mm. uh, none of them have any desire to. Bec- and, and I think part of that is because I raised them to pursue the passions and desires that God has placed in their heart. You know, I started performing at a young age. In fact, my mom was six months pregnant with me and still walking the wire. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't have a choice. That's right. Yeah. So I started entertaining it. At 18 months old, I was in, in a circus ring. As a clown, I would come out in a pillowcase and they would oh, me in the ring. I could see you being a clown. I would do a skit. You kind of still fit that a little bit. <laughs> I do. Oh, no. Uh, so that's how I started performing. So it was really something that I didn't even choose. It chose me in yeah. a sense. And uh, with our kids, we really kind of sheltered them from that. We let them walk the wire and learn. It was funny. I, I remember early on, uh, I think it was 2007, we did an interview. I was in uh, Colorado Springs, and we did James James Dobson's show mm-hmm. as a family. And, and I remember talking and, and saying, at that point, I was a little younger, a little more immature. And I, I was like, you know, my kids, 22 generations, of course, they're going to carry this on. And, and this is going to be, you know, it's a great life. And, and you get to see the world and and the family's always together and uh and and he looks over at my son yanni who at the time was uh, i believe he was about eight years old and he says so yanni are you excited about carrying on this legacy and yanni goes no i want to be a paleontologist <laughs> <laughs> but all this dynamic buildup, and i was like you know what yeah it was kind of a revelation to me like no they need to pursue their own dreams and their own passions and their own i don't need to choose their their you know that's where so true this is that's... good for pastors you, you pastors that are listening 
I think there's a lot of similarities in raising kids. They probably, being uh, your profession and what you do, they probably looked at your kids and go, hey, are you going to walk the wire or do these things? That's what they say about pastor's kids. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be a, you going to yeah. be a preacher just like your mom, your dad, whatever? Well, look, I believe that can put a lot of pressure on your children it does. Uh, mm-hmm. in in a lot of ways. I am thankful that my children have gone a different direction, not because of the safety aspect. In fact, I feel like they'd be safer on a wire than they would be serving in the military. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that I've been blessed with these amazing opportunities. Not that God wouldn't bless them with great opportunities, but, you know, to walk across Niagara Falls, I had to change two laws in two countries over 100 years old just to get permission. Goodness. That is an act of God. I mean, that is God's favor on yeah. your life. And and the things that I've been able to do with, with the world records I've been able to break and the platform that he's given me, that's a lot of pressure on that next generation to go, I got to keep up with that. I got to do one more. I got to go yeah. higher. We're risking our lives here every time that we get out there. So mm-hmm. to go higher and go further and push yourselves further is a lot of pressure. Unless so. they're called to do that. Correct. But what that is you right. did was you have a, a calling on your life. It may be on the wire. It yep. may not be anything to do with that. But you pursued them just to go after that. That's right. And that's why your kids, to go back mm-hmm. to what I said, I see the confidence and they know who they are in life and they're not worried about that. And yeah. it's because you raised them. Pastors, please listen to this. Your job is not to enforce what you want your kids to be, is to figure out what their passions are. Everybody's calling is the same. We're Christ followers. We need to populate heaven. But their passions, figuring out, this is a whole other podcast topic. But I'm going to tell you, but this is so important. You did a good job with that. And pastors, you guys could learn, all of us could learn a whole lot from you in the way you raise your kids like that. So thanks. This is pretty awesome. Yes. Well, you know, when when we all watch Nick Walinda, um, you know, a lot of us, we see you on this wire, as you talked about, you've broken many world records. I mean, you walked across Niagara Falls, the Grand Canyon, the volcano, an <laughs> active volcano at that. Yeah. With a mask on. Named Messiah. Crazy. Mind you. <laughs> I mean, this stuff is crazy stuff. And and as as viewers, you, you watch this and you think, this guy has no fear. He has absolutely <laughs> no fear. I mean, and... Is that true? Like, how do you, you know, get out and do I know you wrote a book, and we're going to talk a little bit. But yeah. How, I mean, is that truly the case? It, it's funny. Um, and, and the book was written because I, I did eventually feel fear and, and experience fear on the wire. If you would have asked me if, if I experienced fear on the wire in my entire career, I would have told you it's not even my DNA in that sense. But I, I experienced plenty of fear off the wire throughout my life. Uh, fear of financial failure, fear of being unsuccessful, fear of, there were so many fears that were put in my life at an early age. In fact, my great-grandfather, uh, in his book that he wrote in the 70s, he wrote one day, uh, in the circus world, one day you eat the chicken and the next day you eat the feathers. And in my new book, I wrote a, a chapter called Fear of Feathers because the reality is you might have an incredible paycheck and not work for another year. So you have to plan for that. My mom wrote a book in the early 80s called The Last of the Walendas because she felt there was no future in the circus, that it was done, that there was no legacy. Wow. To, the legacy was there, but we couldn't carry it on because it wouldn't be financially fruitful. My parents struggled. I talk about it in my first book, and it really molded me into who I am. But they struggled financially in this industry. They had this passion of performing, but it wasn't paying the bills. And my parents would go out, and they would, they would tour, and uh, they'd be out for three months and then come home and have to work at home, whether it be my great my father owned a window washing uh, business where he did high-rise buildings and they would come home and work in those jobs and they really struggled and and I remember being a young age and this was a revelation I got at at 16 years old I'll never forget this moment I'm sitting in my room 
and I was I was struggling with fear and it was the fear that I had this passion and I felt like it was a desire that God placed in my heart. We all know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. And that was to perform and to carry on this legacy. But there was no future in it. And I remember my parents going through bankruptcy, thinking we're going to be kicked out of our house, uh, lose our vehicles, and or, or our vehicle. We only had one box truck at the time is what we had. And literally talking to God and saying, God, why couldn't I be born with parents that were rich? Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget this revelation. God said, Nick, I am your father. Mm-hmm. And it was that simple of... Oh yeah, wait a second. You have access to everything, God. You you are my you're my godly wow. father. You are my What's parent. to worry when there your is, father there is, is no reason. Yeah. And that was a revelation I got on early in early At in 16. life. And and that was that's those are the words that I've lived by and God has taken an industry uh, blessed me with opportunities in an industry that is dying. Look, uh, Ringling Brothers Circus closed mm-hmm. after over 170 years. Um, circuses as a whole are just going away. Uh, Cirque du Soleil just went through bankruptcy. And God has built this platform through that, using the skills that everybody else has, and He's put me to a place beyond my anything, beyond my expectations, beyond anything I could ever ask or imagine. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredible, be because do you have fear? And I think it's important to define fear. So yeah. uh, fear should be a respect and a reverence for something. That's right. Like uh, if you ride motorcycles, you must have a fear. That's a right. reverence and a respect that, that you could get hurt. Yeah. If you're an electrician, you better have fear, respect, and reverence that if, if I don't do this right, I could get electrocuted. That's if right. you don't have respect That's and right. reverence yes. for the, the, the death that is – or injury that is yeah. right there, then yeah. you lose that, then you get yourself in trouble. But yeah. fear – that's that's respect and reverence. Mm-hmm. That's what you should. That's have. right. But mm-hmm. fear is a spirit. So says the scripture. Mm-hmm. Yes. And God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. So it is a spiritual battle. You can't say, well, just don't be afraid. Yeah. Because you, it's a spiritual thing. So we have that's to right. attack this. Yeah. And you need a revelation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That if God is my Father, then yeah. there's nothing to fear about. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Having my needs met. Yeah. I often, when I'm talking to the secular world, they'll say, "How do you do what you do? You're not. You're not scared. You're not. You don't have fear." What I tell them is, is you just said it, respect. I think fear and respect are, are on, a, on a close scale. And, I think and, so. And, and, and the reality is, and, and it's a balancing act in reality. But when, when I walk up to the edge of a volcano, that my heart starts to when race wa- just like anyone when else. When I walk up to the edge, can we just, like, has that ever come out of your mouth? Like, when I, last week you know, when I walked day, up to the edge yeah, of a right. volcano, <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm so sorry. None of us but, are relating to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess not. When I pulled up a Starbucks the other day. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, what I was going to say is I, I, my heart starts to race too, and and it's a respectful fear. It's it that's what what causes me to train and prepare the way I do before I get on a wire to cross that yeah. volcano. That's why mm-hmm. I train with wind speeds of 120 miles per hour. That's why I train. That's why we do studies for years in advance. Often that say, what are the worst case scenarios? How thick will those gases be? You know, do I have to wear an, an oxygen mask? Do I have to wear a, a gas mask? What's the oxygen deprivation going to be? Uh, you know, what's the wire going to be like? And I train and prepare for those worst case scenarios, and that's that's that respect that's mm-hmm. that fear is a healthy fear and then there's an unhealthy fear and i think there's an unhealthy fear which is the fear of 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 not pursuing that passion and that dream that god mm-hmm. has placed yeah. in your heart because you've settled for complacency you've settled wow. in where you're at mm-hmm. and you say you know what i have this desire that god has placed in my heart which is to go and and change the world but i'm i'm going to stay mm-hmm. here because i'm paying my bills every week 
And, and I encourage people, look, continue to pay your bills, but continue to pursue that desire. And eventually God will fulfill that desire in your heart. Don't quit your job. Don't be foolish. We got to be responsible with what God's mm-hmm. given us, but also simultaneously pursue that dream. I think so many people give up on their dreams because of that fear of, well, if, if I do that, is God going to provide? And how mm-hmm. am I going to pay my bills? And I've got kids and I've got a mortgage, et cetera. Well, could, could that be the, the, the litless test? If you're being controlled by a spirit of fear, are you playing it safe? Yeah. Are you, you know, circling mm-hmm. the wagons and hunkering down? I don't want to pursue that because I might fail. Mm. Yeah. That's Remember, we're trying to define fear as a reverence and a respect. Yeah. So do your due diligence That's and right. all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and, and yeah. prepare. Make sure you're ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're not pursuing those things and stepping right. out on a wire, if you will, yeah. and taking mm-hmm. risks, then you might be controlled by a spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's you right. know, one of the things that I, um, and I think so many of the listeners and people that watch you and, and when you step out on that wire, one of the things that I'm, I'm guessing here that you use to fight that fear is you begin to praise and thank God. Yeah, that's right. All the, I mean, over and over. It's I mean, a powerful. Well, I remember, this, was it the Grand Canyon? And it was just, I mean, th- we just heard it over and over. It's every time you get every out time. there. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. You know, there's a spirit, uh, I mean, there's, a, there's a, a scripture that says, be anxious for nothing, but with everything, with prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving. And if you watch when I walk that wire the entire time, I'm thanking God. I'm not saying, God, hold me on this wire. God has given yeah. me the talent and the ability. It's up to me to train and prepare for that. Can God hold me on that wire supernaturally? <laughs> 100 percent but but realistically i'm not testing god i train and i prepare because he's given me the gifts and talents and it's up to me to prepare for it of course it's important that i know where i'm going to go if i were to fall off that wire but but the entire time i walk that wire it is me giving thanksgiving thanking god thank you for this opportunity thank you for this incredible nature thank you for the blessings that you've given me these are dreams people you know it's nightmares for most people but the reality is these are dreams of mine that that God these dreams that have come to be sometimes you know I remember flying over um, a lot I spent a lot of time with God on airplanes Mm. and we were flying to Mexico City where I was doing a corporate speaking event me and my wife my wife was sitting next to me I always sit by the window and I was looking out we flew over an active volcano and I was just praying and and I looked down and I saw that volcano and and right away there was this revelation of like I need to walk over an active volcano now crazy (laughs) enough get thee behind me (laughs) Satan that's what I would have said spirit of fear be gone (laughs) But, but that that is again that's the way my mind works and that is what i'm passionate about and these are my my goals and my dreams and and god has continued to fulfill them over and over again and i've always chosen to give god the glory whether it be on national tv on a secular platform or not it is i will always put god first and because of that god has always gone before me in everything that i've done and 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 moved mountains in order it's funny at this point in my life in my career when i get to the valley I'm not even focusing on the valley. I'm focusing on the mountaintop because I've been through so mm-hmm. many valleys. And what I've learned is every time I'm in a valley, it leads to the greatest goals, greatest achievements. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the times where I'm in the valley of the marriage struggles early on in my life, which I talk about in my first book, Balance, they have led to mm-hmm. that mountaintop of an incredible marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, every time that I'm going through financial struggles, it's I've learned and gained wisdom and knowledge to grow out of them and not get myself back in that situation. So I've learned that when I'm in that valley, don't even focus on the valley. Don't focus on what's mm-hmm. around you. When I'm, when I'm over Niagara Falls, I'm not focusing on the heavy mist and the heavy winds. I'm focusing on the solid rock on the other end. Right. So and if good. we can learn in that valley to focus on the solid rock on the other end, That's then good. the valley sort of goes away. 
and we can use that as an experience to help others. And that was really why I wrote the book, Facing Fear. Well, don't yeah. we all want mountaintop experiences? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we do. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is the fruit is never grown on the mountaintop. It's grown in, in the, the valley. valley. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's what you do in those valley moments, yeah. sowing those seeds and keeping mm-hmm. your focus on God and what his promises are. Absolutely. It helps you grow the fruit so you can get back to the mountaintop yeah. again. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's powerful stuff. And I've seen yeah. you on the wire do that. Mm-hmm. Through it what you were like talking about, worshiping God and keeping that focus. It is. Yeah. I mean, the scripture that you just talked about, I think about just the season of life that everybody is in right now as we're recording this podcast, you know, COVID is still happening yeah. and it's still the week of the election yeah. And, yeah. and all of this. And so be anxious for nothing and fear yeah. and anxiety. And so many people, whether you're in the church, whether you're not in the church, it could be a pastor, ministry leader are gripped with that. Yeah. And you're talking about keeping your focus, even walking through that valley on that solid rock but also with thanksgiving there's so much to be thankful for even in the walk well and and to be honest all the growing happens in the valley so that we should be thankful for the valley because that's where all the growing that's where the carving happens Mm -hmm. and that's what gets us to that mountaintop and again that we should be very thankful for those valleys even though it's hard sometimes even though there's mornings i wake up and i don't want to be thankful for the valley but if I can focus to the other side. Yeah, no one wants to go through the valley. That's right. But when but you're going back. through the valley, you, you just keep going. Yeah. You never mm-hmm. stop in the valley. What somebody said, when you're going through hell, don't stop. Right. Keep going. That's right. Yeah. And so many people do. They they become paralyzed by fear and they stop. I mean, look how many people won't leave their houses right now because of this pandemic, mm-hmm. because they are gripped by fear. Look, it's a I, spirit I, of fear. Mm-hmm. That is correct. And so you your most recent book, it's called Facing Fear. Mm-hmm. And so in that, what is it? I mean, we've talked a lot about it, but what is what was that soul kind of passion and purpose behind mm-hmm. that book? Like what what drove you? Well, this topic first, is very dear to you. Yeah, I mean, first, I would say that God knows the beginning from the end. And when I started writing this book, there was no pandemic that was taking over the world. And, and, and I believe that a lot of the world was gripped by fear in a lot of ways. Sure. Uh, but at this point i think it's way more people than than, no. than when i was writing this book For sure. are, are literally gripped by fear and 2000 uh 2017 we were training to break a world record for the highest four level eight person pyramid on the wire we trained for about six weeks in my backyard about uh, we start at two feet off the ground then go up about 12 feet and then we take it to full height days before we're going to premiere it to guinness and do a live audience and uh, we did just that. We everything went well in rehearsals, so we took it to full height. And uh, and a lot of that just has to do with with preparation mentally. The reality is the the wire is the same two feet off the ground as it is a thousand feet off the ground. The the you know as long as the wire is rigged the same, there's no difference. It's all in the mind. Okay. And uh, so we went up to full height. Uh, we rehearsed one evening. Everything went fine. Went home, celebrated, went home and said, okay, we'll come back tomorrow morning. We'll do it one more time and premiere it in front of an eye of audience. Uh, that next morning we got on the wire and halfway out, my worst nightmare became a reality and that pyramid collapsed. Mm. And when it collapsed, five of my closest family members and friends fell to the ground. And uh, my sister being one of them, my aunt, my cousins, uh, by the grace of God, I caught the wire. I've trained my entire life to catch the wire. My cousin caught the wire and one gentleman stayed standing, but everybody else fell. Mm. And my sister was injured severely. She'd broken every bone in her face. She was in a coma. They didn't know if she was gonna survive. They didn't know how she would recover, if she would recover. And I did what I thought was right, which is get back on the wire. We mm-hmm. all know the analogy of get back on the horse. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. next day I got back on the wire and I started performing for the next four wow. to six weeks straight. And what I didn't realize is when that accident happened is that although I wasn't 
uh, injured physically, I was injured mentally. Mm. And through those six weeks, I started realizing, and people around me started saying, you're acting different, something's different about you. And, and I didn't really want to, I didn't acknowledge it. I continued to deny it. I thought I'm, I'm stronger than this and, and God's going before me and I've got this. I've got this under control. And I took about six weeks off and I went to New York City where we were headlining on a new show and started training to recreate that same pyramid that fell. Mm. And as we started walking out on that wire, training uh, down low, I was very ornery, got in a couple fights with some of my closest friends. There was something different about me. And I, a long story short, we went up high, got on the wire, and I started physically trembling on the wire. It was something that I'd never done in my life. In fact, when we do these pyramids, it's not rare for someone in the pyramid to be trembling when you first start. It's, it's a, mentally, it's very, very, very strong, um, hard to, to overcome. You've got six people's lives in, in your hands, in a sense, six other people's lives. So um, I literally remember going, okay, well, someone's shaking in the pyramid. We're all connected. So I, I'm, I'm, it's my job to feel it out as the leader and go, okay, you know what? You're shaking. What's going on? Pull them to the side privately and ask what's going on. So I'm, I'm trying to focus on that. And I remember after two or three rehearsals looking down, I'm like, am, am I the one shaking? Am I the one trembling? Not, not even realizing like, wow. is this really me? And, uh, and I remember going to my wife and saying, I need you to watch the next pyramid and let me know if, if I'm trembling if, if I'm the one shaking and I'll never forget uh, that conversation she said she said yeah I don't need to watch it you're absolutely one shaking and a few more days into practice I ended up saying you know what I'm done I went back to to my apartment in New York with my wife and I said to her I said I'm done I'm, I'm not getting on the wire ever again I'm giving this up I cannot do this and it was it was that four-letter word, fear. It was that mm -hmm. spirit of fear that it was had overtaken the, we were, me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I remember that conversation. My wife looked at me and she said, look, I support you in any decision that you make. Mm -hmm. She said, but for over 200 years, your family has lived by the words, the show must go on. You live by the words, never give up. You do what you do to inspire people around the world that nothing's impossible and to shine the light of God across the globe. And she goes... I don't think you're being you, Nick. I think you need to reevaluate what wow. you're dealing with. And that sort of set me off into a whirlwind and, 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 and cast me into a valley, a deeper valley. <coughs> and it was at that point that as I was in that valley and, and I turn to worship music when I'm in, in those places immediately. I mean, worship yeah. music mm -hmm. is how I live. And I remember just putting on headphones and for weeks, nothing, nothing but worship music. All night long, all day long, that's all I did was worship music. And, you know, I believe that... that um, that as a society, we so often pump this negativity. We continually watch Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, and we're continuing to, to pump this negativity in our minds. And, and I encourage people, turn the news off. You're feeding nothing but poison into your mind constantly. That's true. It's important. Mm -hmm. You know, I read all my news. It's impo important to be notified. It's important to know what's going on with our, mm -hmm. with our world uh, and in our country. But the reality is there is nothing positive that comes from pumping that negativity. So I choose to, to again, okay. continually pump worship music into my in my head uplifting we don't realize i taught my kids for at a year early age that that music they're listening to you know for some reason we're all drawn to that music of uh, most of us are to you know rap or hip-hop or whatever it is and a lot of it's speaking death literally into our lives over and over and so over what are you again. feeding yourself right that's mm -hmm. right so you're feeding negativity and so i i fed fed started listening to worship music and uh and really just seeking out god and and as i sought god i realized that you you know what i'm in a valley and and i know that god uses all good things for i mean all things for good um so i'm going to use this for good and i started kind of writing down what i'm dealing with 
and how I'm going to get through this valley so that mm-hmm. hopefully others don't have to maybe go so deep into that valley wow. or help others recover from that. And I, I just started writing this book, started writing out uh, and then brought on a ghostwriter to kind of clean up what I was writing uh, because I'm a wire walker, not a writer. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was, in a, it was literally that was why I wrote this book was because I was in that valley and I was like, I am going to use this for the good of others. Nick, I remember that day when you guys had the accident. Yeah. You, you called me, yeah. you know, right after. Yeah, within minutes, yeah. And uh, I went over there. I was with you guys and the hospital as well. And, uh, and you, you didn't have fear then. But it, it did. It crept in. Yeah. You kept reliving that moment did. in your mind. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and what, it fed that fear. It did. What what I realized later on was that there was a seed planted in my mind when that accident happened. It was a seed of fear and doubt and negativity. And as I continued to get on that wire, I started to water that seed and that mm-hmm. seed started to grow. Mm-hmm. And, and I often tell people that, you know, negative thoughts, thoughts of fear are like a weed growing in your garden. And if you don't pluck the weed out immediately, it'll spread seeds, germinate, and it'll take over your garden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing was rather than pulling that out and replacing it, rather than casting all my cares upon God, I was just taking it all myself and just, just re- reveling in it and letting it just play over and over and, and literally living out that accident over mm-hmm. and over. In the end, God always gets the glory. He gets the win. In fact, the next day I was at a press conference. You were there. And I said, you know, we have an enemy that seeks to devour and kill and destroy us and steal. And I will, he will not win. This will be used for the glory of God. I remember when my sister came out of a coma, she couldn't talk, jaw wired shut, literally irrecognizable. You couldn't recognize who she was. She took her pen and wrote, God's going to get the glory. Wow. And a year Almost a year and a half to the date that we fell, my sister got on a wire, higher, three times higher, two times longer than anything she'd ever walked in her career. Now, she trained and prepared for that length and that height. Uh, But a year and a half after that walk, she got back on that wire, walked over Times Square with me. I was very, very (laughs) nervous. I I haven't told you that yet. (laughs) Because you and Amy were there. We were there. And I was fear was all over me <laughs> yeah and it yeah. calls me to 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 pray that is that is for sure yeah but you had to you had to combat that fear and your sister had to yeah. as well i'm sure yeah. and your sister had to as well and uh i just know that all of us we have things in life that yeah. that grip us and you, you can't control your thoughts yeah. you, you can't and in fact i think our mind is the battleground Sure, mm-hmm. it absolutely is. And the devil will put thoughts in there, but it's what we do with them that's that right. is either mm-hmm. going to allow right. the spirit of fear to control us yeah. mm-hmm. or we're going to allow God's presence and purpose yeah. to drive us forward. And and that's what you did. And yeah. seeing the, the fruit and the culmination of that when you guys were walking over mm-hmm. Times Square, yeah. that was that was a powerful moment. Yeah. Yeah. Although we can't control our thoughts, we need to cast all our cares upon him. So to me, when we get these negative thoughts, I give those thoughts to God. I, I dump them out. If it's a negative thought, I, I counter it with, with a positive thought. I counter mm-hmm. it with, with scripture. The word of God. Yeah, exactly. right, with the word of God. I, I will counter when, when I'm being attacked. So that's the way that we can. And again, it's with God's help, but Absolutely. we can control our thoughts in that sense. And it's hard. It's a battlefield of mind. Joyce Myers wrote an amazing yep. book. Great book. It is, it is a very real thing. And we all deal with that battlefield of the mind. Every time I get on that wire, I have a voice in my head saying, you're going to fall. You're not good enough. You, you haven't trained enough. You're not prepared enough. Uh, and I can counter that with, no, you know what? God has given me the gifts and talents. I have trained. I have prepared. I've trained for worst case scenarios. I give the analogy all the time. When I was walking across the Grand Canyon 
1,500 feet up, no safety devices, 43-mile-an-hour gust of wind. Jim Cantori's right there. I can't even walk on the sidewalk. (laughs) I remember watching that walk. Like, I had to flip the channel. I was so nervous. I mean, That was the most watched, most not watched, watched show in the history of television. Oh, my goodness. We we literally broke television rating records. 23 million people in the U.S. watched that live. (laughs) But but nobody's watching. Because it was, I mean, it was so nerve-wracking. But when I get those thoughts, I immediately can counter that. And this is just a practical way. But rather than going, okay, 43 miles per hour, honestly, my mind was like freaking out. Like, go down and grab the wire. (laughs) But immediately my mind was like, no, but wait, you trained with a 90-mile-an-hour wind machine. That's not less than half. You're fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, we can can either succumb to those thoughts. We all know that cartoon analogy of the the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. And that's real. That's the battlefield of the mind. And, and, uh, And again, we need to continue to force out those negative thoughts and force out and encounter them with Scripture and with the Word of God. Can I just prophetically speak to those that are listening? Because I feel like there's probably some people that are listening that have fallen off the wire, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Uh, Maybe... They've been severely injured, or maybe their their falling of whatever that is has caused other people to deal with some you know serious trauma, whether it be emotionally, relationally, financially, or physically. And uh, I think the word right now is don't don't let the spirit of fear control you anymore. It's time to yeah. get back on the wire. That's right. Whatever yeah. God has called you to do, those yeah. callings are irrevocable. God right. hasn't said, "Well, I guess Amen. you know your problems are too big for me." Yeah, He's the Father that needs. That's right. Nothing. He has it all. So mm-hmm. I would just encourage whoever's listening today that's struggling with fear, you're afraid, uh, get back on the wire again. You yeah. know, keep keep going after what God has called you yeah. to. Yeah. And, and if, if your dream and your goals align with the word of God, then continue to pursue them no matter what roadblocks come in mm-hmm. your way. You know, I think so many believers will get uh, – I'll, I'll give you an example. When I was getting permission to walk across Niagara Falls and, and I went to a senator's office to try to get this law changed, and he said, great idea, kid, but it ain't going to happen. Get out of here. Um, you know, we have an enemy that wants to get in our way because he doesn't want God's word and his will to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Totally. So yeah. I think as believers, we often give up on those desires that God has placed in our heart because of that. Yeah. And I encourage people to continue again, keep keep it in check that it that aligns with the word of God, but continue to pursue those dreams. Even yes. when you mm-hmm. do get doors closed in your face, even when you do hit roadblocks. As First yeah. John says, this is the victory that has overcome the world, yeah. our faith. Yeah. And I think it is it is in the midst of problems. Just have the faith. Just keep going. Keep going. Go yeah. after. Remember it. Yeah. who your father is. Yeah. yeah. Never right. give up, as you that's would right. say. Yeah. Never give up. <laughs> Never give up. Yeah. Well, Nick, it has truly been such an honor uh, to have you here. Your book, Facing Fear, you can find it on randybezet.com as well as Amazon and. All sure. of the yep. you're not going to have trouble places. Yeah. Just yeah. Google it. Yeah, but uh, we do have a link for it as well awesome. on the website, and uh, it truly just so much wisdom poured out, yeah. but such authentic. Um, just discussion. We just thank you so much. Totally, for you guys. Being here. I'm telling you, Nick is an inspiration. You need to keep up with him and follow him and what's going on because his life is a great inspiration. Yes, he's as authentic and as cool as a person. So uh, thank you so much. You. I enjoyed being your pastor. I wish thank the church for being was full pastor. of people just like you. Man. What, what could we do? <laughs> Who right. stood on the edge of volcanoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our that's prayer right. life would go through the roof it as totally a church. Yeah. That's right. Well, it is awesome. wonderful. Those listening, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. For more resources, visit randybazette.com.